Pilo, I'm feeling it, man. I'm getting a little older yeah. and, and in the, in the heat, mm-hmm. it's just bearing down on me every single day. It's yeah, hard. I mean, it's, it's going to be 107, two days in a row this week. I don't know what in the world is you know, going on with that, but uh, it's getting to me. The, the one good thing is that I don't have to mow my grass. I, hadn't, I don't know if my grass is going to come back, but I hadn't had to mow my grass in a while. <laughs> And Plus, I don't know what been uh, rain in two months. Yeah, I need like a Mississippi State friend to like tell me what to do with my grass to make it come back. Water. That's what you got to do in those situations. Like if you're walking through the woods, you're like, damn, wish I had a state buddy here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's poison ivy. Anyway, look, we have uh two incredible guests to get to today. Yeah, so enough of yeah, enough of the nonsense. Let's get to the show. Welcome to To the Top Talk. Greetings and salutations, everyone, and welcome to another episode of To The Top Talk, the original and longest-running Southern Miss podcast in the market, recording on August the 21st from beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Here, as always, with your break from the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk a little Southern Miss athletics. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. Joining me now, the one and only Patrick Lowry. Yo, man, I have been looking forward to this one. I know. Uh, It's going to be a good night. Um, and lots to talk about and, uh, yeah, lots of new merch, man. What's coming. Hit, yeah. Hit us with that merch real quick. So yeah, I, I'll tell it. you what, let's hit it like really quick right now. And okay. after we break these guys, after we, like, we, we just, uh, siphon everything we can out of our guests, okay. uh, we'll hit it hard at the end. Yep. And so if it mainly, uh, if you've noticed our socials this afternoon, well, it's, it's Monday, but you'll probably get this on Tuesday. So uh, we have we have nine new shirts for football season that I posted today. So there are nine new designs out there. That's kind of the high level quick. Uh, go check those out. Bonfire.com slash store slash at the top talk or our link tree on any of our socials have a direct link to that merchandise site. There is some great stuff on there. Uh, and go check it out. Awesome. Yeah, they look they look great. Um, so what's happened? What happened since the last time we recorded? Uh, there was a scrimmage at the Rock. I got to take that in uh, during Golden Eagle fanfare. My son Jack had a seventh birthday party, which is the reason that I feel so fat right now. I've had pizza like three days in a row because that's what seven year olds want. Yeah. Um, we put another we put out another poll question. We got some good reaction to that. And we booked two great guests for the show tonight. I uh, can't wait to get to them. Real quick, uh, the poll results from last week. Uh, the question was, we hate these terms, but would you rather be a top 10 G5 every year or a bottom 10 P5 every year? And thank goodness it turned out this way because 85% <laughs> wanted to be top 10 G5 as opposed to the bottom 10 P5. Basically, the question is, do you want to be awesome or do you want to be really rich? You know, uh, that's what it kind of comes down to. But um, there's 15% of people out there that, that, that want to be rich and just, you know, <clears throat> don't marry those guys. So there you go. Yeah. Um, let's enter our guest. Guest number one. Grew up in New Iberia, Louisiana. Decorated quarterback out of New Iberia High School, highly recruited into college, went to Tulane and was a two-year letterman. Began his coaching career at Tulane, met Will Hall, came to Southern Miss and coached the running back slash superbacks. Now the quarterback's coach. Welcome to the show, Jordy Joseph. What's up, coach? What's going on, y'all? Thank y'all for having me here. Enjoy being here. Awesome. Awesome. And the other guest on the line uh, was a four-year letterman at at Southern Miss from 1995 to 1998, who led the team to the 1996-1997 Conference USA Championships. Uh, during his career, he completed 473 of 832 passes for 6,289 yards and 52 touchdowns. Now he does all kind of media work at USM and sits alongside John Cox as the color analyst for football. Welcome to the show, Southern Miss Royalty, Lee Roberts. Hey, guys. How are you, man? I appreciate y'all having me. That's a whole lot of passing yards, dude. Is your, is your arm still sore? You know, it was uh, you know, it's <laughs> one of those things that you had some great receivers out wide and you just sometimes throw it up, let them go get it. So uh, what it is what it is. I'm very fortunate to 
get to play the great game, to finish the great game, and, uh, you know, have a great career. So very, very blessed in that regard. Well, thank you. Thank you both so much for coming on. And um, and we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Coach Jordy, uh, who's our quarter, who's our quarterback going to be? <laughs> I said, whoever Coach Hall wants to play. You know. See, here's so, the deal. A Coach, wise Hall, answer. Coach Hall has said that he was going to release the name tomorrow. We're recording this on the 21st. He said he's going to name him on the 22nd. But if you think about it, the episode is not going to get out to like what, Pila? Like midnight tonight. <laughs> so you yeah. get the jump. Oh, yeah. Now, nah. I said, matter of fact, I talked to Coach Hall about that today, and he was like, well, you should have had me on one, one day later. So <laughs> <laughs> he's not, he's not giving us an inch. No, uh, I'm not. <clears throat> Hey, uh, Jordy, talk a little bit about uh, – we mentioned in, in the open there that about you playing at Tulane. Mm. How did your experience playing at Tulane translate to your role now? So when I was at Tulane playing, I played in the uh, West Coast office. I played under Curtis Johnson, who at the time just came from the New Orleans Saints, working with Sean Payton. So literally when he got there, the playbook still had New Orleans Saints on it. So – I was in college playing in a wordy, wordy NFL pro style system. So I can remember going into the huddle, having to break the huddle, going, hey, we got Falcon right nasty, uh, nose alert, ride 34 base, kill 382 sticky Oscar on one ready. And breaking the huddle and going to it and knowing, hey, you got a nose alert check with a kill check. And from doing that and then becoming a GA and doing the gun triple with Coach Doug Roos and Willie Fritz when we first got there, when all I had to say, all the quarters had to say was, hey, right, right strike or right slash. I was like, but it's a cakewalk, man. Like, you know, <laughs> so, uh, but fortunately, enough, I'm glad I went through that because whenever Coach Hall got hired at Tulane, he has a very NFL-like passing uh, mindset. So me and him were able to talk about a lot of similar concepts because I ran them before. And then obviously he's ran them all his, college, all his career coaching. So me and him kind of hit it off. And obviously I was an analyst. So. He confided me in a lot to, for research and just kind of hey, analyze the defense and say, hey, I think we can run this this week. Hey, Coach, I don't know about this because of where the leverage of the nickel and things like that. And just build a rapport with him to where he was able to trust me enough to, to take me here. And then now, three years later, after taking me here, like now he can trust me with his baby coaching quarterbacks. Yeah, very, very cool. Well, Lee, I know you heard that. I heard him spit out that. That play that lost me like two syllables. Yeah, and, I was done. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, do, do you remember any? Did you guys have any of that with Coach Bauer? Or was it more the second guy? Yeah, I'll say none. None of our ours were that wordy, uh, <laughs> and I was very fortunate. My last two years of playing were, were under Coach Larry Keck. My first three mm-hmm. years were under Coach Joseph. So different, different systems, different terminology, and with Coach Keck. So in ninety seven and ninety eight, everything I wore, everything I we called was on a wristband and so literally he would just signal in a number whether it be one through 212 and i would just look on the band and just be able to you know rattle it off so it was it was not so wordy obviously they couldn't put it that much on a wristband it was a lot of abbreviations (laughs) however um but man if you asked me to try to come up with a play i'd have to think and try to write that thing down so uh, definitely not as wordy as uh coach jordy's there Uh, or did the colleges don't do. I know baseball does the the call to the catcher, right? Um, does, does football do that yet? I mean, that's just in the NFL. But we're still sidelined with the big posters and all that, right? Correct. Yeah, there's been correct. talk of trying to move to it to allow it. I think there's been a few pushback because of a, like if you're in Ian Brian Denny and Nick Saban wants to cut the communications, he can cut it, right? There's no overall mm. over overarching. Uh, governing body to make sure like hey everybody plays by the rules right so that's why you can't have video on the sideline or pitches on the sideline for that same reason so uh i know there were talks about actually doing it because of people stealing signs in college football and whatnot but will we see it i think probably in the next few years but not yet yeah that's right. always been one of my never understood why we why college you know never had it uh and i've always wondered why is it just part of the collegiate game or um it just seems like teams do so much to throw off the scent of the the play uh and so much with the signage and the signs and the three guys down there and the one guy um i I enjoy it Uh, i know that it's probably a headache for you guys but um yeah i would love to see 
that get radioed in, but I can imagine I, even on the, in, in the NFL, you have helmets that fail and things like that. I can't imagine mm-hmm. um, we need anything like that happening. So uh, Exactly. I, and, I, and not to mention too, the teams now that play so fast with tempo, like having a headset would actually hurt them and mm. force them to have to force them probably to play slower. So it's like a give and a take with college football because you can get up a whole lot faster when you signal from the sideline. <laughs> Unless everybody would, had a microphone. Yeah. To hit. I would love to be fake signal guy. <laughs> I think I could be fake <laughs> signal guy, like, like a champ. Um, hey, let me ask this to both of you guys. Cause you know, we've ever, we have a quarterback battle going on right now. Everybody's got a quarterback. I mean, I mean, you know, I was watching uh, the TV while we were eating um, my son's birthday dinner at Fat Boys, and they're talking about that Alabama's got three quarterbacks in, in a battle, and Ole Miss has got, I think, three quarterbacks in a battle. So we have our own little battle going on. And and I, from what I've heard, there it's like razor thin the margin um, between you know this guy or that guy, and they might bring a little bit something different to the table, but. I've always heard this saying that if you you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. Um, is there any truth to that at all? You want me to go first, or you want it? You know what I've what I've always thought was you know the more competition you can get the coach talk here in a minute, but you know the more competition in the room just going to breed success. And yeah, at some point I feel like you do have to have that one guy that steps up. And mm-hmm. you know I was kind of afraid on Saturday you know, leaving that scrimmage thinking, man, scratching my head, who, who's it going to be? You know, obviously you guys get in and get a chance to watch the film, break it down. And, you know, you know, in the back of your mind who it's going to be, the public hopefully will know tomorrow, but, you know, I feel like we're in a, a better situation than we were last year. And even the year before mm-hmm. with just the, the number of talented quarterbacks in the room. I mean, obviously you've got Billy Wiles, you got Holman Edwards, you know, then you, you got to look at Ethan Crawford that's right behind him as well, a freshman. I know we don't want to mm-hmm. play a freshman, but man, that, that's a young, talented kid as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's three guys that I feel you could throw out there at any point during the year, and this team's going to follow. Um, but, you know, again, looking forward to tomorrow to that announcement, just like everybody else. Right. Uh, for me, I mean, I think that actually is kind of true when you have two quarterbacks, you really got no quarterbacks, but I would flip it on this way in the sense of, having two really good quarterbacks in a room makes each other, makes each other one push each other to be better. Right. So mm-hmm. I think if you only have one guy here with nobody pushing, sometimes that motivation to learn and be as great has to be so intrinsic and not everybody's intrinsically motivated, like motivated like that. So I know from interacting with Holman and Billy on a day-to-day basis, like when one person has a good practice, the next one comes out and has an even better. one, And then the next one comes the next day is like, it flips vice versa. Right. And what you want is that competition to go, and then all of a sudden somebody just takes it and just runs with it, hmm. right? So uh, I, 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 I've heard that saying a lot, but being in a situation now where we had a true QB battle, like I really can see that, hey, both of them have benefited for both of them being in the room. And, it, well, and on top of that with Ethan, like Ethan's getting to learn from those two. So therefore he's sure. like just slowly getting behind all of that. So. I always tell the guys, hey, like when you leave this place, your backup should be literally right behind you. So then now he can take off, and then now his backup should be right behind him. And then that's how it keeps going. We got a lot of, you know, lot of footsteps to follow with Lee, though. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll just kind of add this to it. I mean, some mm-hmm. of the, the best quarterbacks that were ever out there were just one play away from playing, right? I mean, think about Tom Brady. You know, he's yes. a backup guy. Go Guy ahead of him goes down. He becomes the, the next great. So – uh, again, it's it, it's a good situation that we're in that we have two that are very very good in Edwards and and Wiles and uh, again whether they'll they'll finish the season who knows let's hope we can yes. name a starter and they can play all 12, 13 games I would love that yeah I'd love to be able to finish the season with one quarterback for sure yeah I that agree. would be fantastic. especially what two years ago and we ended up playing eleven if you count all the superbacks yeah. and everything that's a lot had one dude yeah. come out of come out of the coaching ranks. <laughs> yeah to go there oh, yeah. so so we better have a few quarterbacks ready to <laughs> yeah. go um yeah lee you you kind of um made me think about another question right there as far as like getting your shot i mean that's that's kind of what happened to you right uh you weren't supposed to be the starter for when you when you got um i can't remember the exact uh situation but uh you weren't the starter and then coach just just said uh well, heath graham was the starter is that right 
Yeah. So when I when I got on campus, we uh-huh. had a room full of quarterbacks as well. Tommy Waters was he was a starter. Uh, halfway through the year, Heath Graham took over as a starter, and Heath was just one year ahead of me. So that was '94. Uh, he then played all of '95. I backed him up in '95. '96. You know, we played five games. We were four and one. Our only loss was to Alabama. We had beat Georgia uh, in a slugfest, eleven to seven. But the the quarterback play, the offensive play, the production just wasn't there. And so we had a we had an open week, a Thursday night game at East Carolina. So I had about ten or eleven days to prepare. And uh, so during that open week is when Coach Bauer made the made the call. So uh, technically, I was listed almost number three on the depth chart because the guy that was playing number two was kind of a, a short yardage goal line guy, Chris Windsor. And everybody thought that he was going to be the guy that would, would be named starter. And so Coach Bauer took a lot of he took a lot of heat when uh, when Lee Roberts ran out on the field that night. But uh, again, so, so grateful for that opportunity from uh, Coach Bauer and Coach uh, Norman Joseph at the time. Right. Absolutely. And, and that those guys, you know, you talked about that quarterback room, obviously practicing against our defense every day. What what are the challenges that the defense, you know, presents to those guys? I guess we'll go with Coach Jordy. Oh, well, the, the, right now, especially when you get in camp, like you get to that point where, A, they know you really too well and you know them too well, right? right. So, like, it's not really more of like a – kind of trick the other team is more like, hey, how can you hide what you're what you know what you know that they're about to they they already know that you're about to do. So uh which is good though because like I mean most teams like they only run 10 or 12 plays. They just do it really, really well, right? Like you could break down Alabama, uh you could break down uh George, you could break down LSU in 2019 when they set all those passing records. Like they only ran like 15 pass concepts. They just did out different formations and nobody could do anything about it, right? So it's a good thing in the sense of, especially when you got a, a talented defense like we do, like we got to go against Jay Stanley every day, who's smart, right? So our quarterbacks have to be on their P's and Q's. So I, I think it's good, but I think we're all looking forward to playing Alcorn in a few weeks and not going against yeah. our defense. I bet. And I, even, I, I think I even heard in one of the scrimmages, not sure if it was Saturday or the week before, somebody on the defense side of the ball, yeah, act like you don't know the play. Act like you don't know the play. So you know, oh, when yeah. you go against your uh, your own team so often, you, you do start to know each other so well. But again, I think it I think it really takes you kind of to that next level. The again, the talent we've got on both sides competing against them each and every day. Exactly, especially having like Swayze Bozeman and Hayes Maples who been here forever, and on top of that, they're smart. They know everything. Like we line up, and, and the tight end could be just lined up just a little bit. They're calling the whole play out. I'm just like, God dang, guys. <laughs> you know yeah i bet so, it so, off. <laughs> so so let me and i've like i've been talking about this for like weeks but i think it's the conversation that everybody's talking about outside of the quarterback is just how freaking hot it is outside so it's hot man um coach all even mentioned the other day and when he was talking to the golden eagle fanfare that i think drake uh, had a long run and a practice and slipped down when nobody was by him. And he was like, well, you know, what happened? And he went over there and looked and his cleats had melted in like the two hours <laughs> that you're out there. Cause the turf is like 130 degrees or something. Anyway. So it's hot out. I mean, like what, but what is the balance between making it through uh, gaining mental toughness Versus being really comfortable and getting a lot of more reps probably in an in, indoor practice facility. Like, uh-huh. does it ever become detrimental to getting good reps? Because I, mean, I think that that's a huge part is I see all these guys practicing in their indoor practice facilities. And I see uh-huh. you guys out there. I, I, I believe that we're going to have an edge. But there has to be a balance there at some point, right, where uh-huh. they can probably get more reps. So just what well, I guess, Lee, let's start with you. I don't know. You. Have you ever been in an indoor? I mean, I know we didn't have one when you were here because we still don't have one, but um, just maybe talk about how you would feel about those things that I just laid out. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, think, things have obviously changed, right? I mean, yeah, we, there, were, there were less indoor facilities back, back when I played, um, but I never felt when I was there it being as hot as it is right now and, and being as hot for so long. And it just goes to show you, I mean, they yeah. moved the scrimmage up Saturday to 7.15 in the morning to try to try to help beat that heat. And, you know, you, you can kind of just have the, uh, you know, the old old school rule like, hey, you practice in the heat, you're going to make you better on game day. But, again, there's so much 
other stuff that goes on, you know, medically, you got to protect these guys. I mean, one, they've got to stay hydro. They got to make sure that, you know, they're getting enough food in their body as well. But that's why it's so vital, not only to have, you know, a nutrition coach as well as, you know, a strength coach and an athletic trainer that can really all put things together, making sure these guys are doing all the right things, not only on the field, but off the field. And, you know, just taking care of their bodies, man, whether it be a, a mental injury or just what, whatever it is, whatever they do on the weekends, just make sure they're putting right. only good things in their body to, to make sure on game day that they have no excuses, that they go out there well prepared, they're, um, they're well rested, uh, and they can, they can catch their breath when they need to, but, you know, their conditioning is where it needs to be. And, yeah, I, I just think that's what it's going to, what it's going to come down to, you know, who, who on, uh, game day is going to be the better conditioned team and uh, who, who can withstand it, who's got the better depth. And I really like our chances. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, uh, Lance Ancar and Todd McCall do a really good job of making sure that we all stay hydrated and all of our nutrients that we need to be successful. As a matter of fact, we uh, actually restructure practice to make sure we got a break in the middle where the guys can go sit in the shade, pull out the Gatorade, get, get the fruit snacks out just so they can get something back in their system so they can make it through a practice. Um, as far as like the balance, it's gonna sound weird. So whenever I was at Tulane, days when it would rain or days when it got really, really hot, we would go to the Saints facility or we'd go practice in the Superdome just to kind of get out of it. And I used to always remember this. We used to go in the indoor affiliate and have a great practice. That next practice we had outside was the worst practice of camp. It <laughs> always was like that because you get that false sense of like, hey, I push it this hard. I don't have to deal, have to deal with this. But then now when I got to push it and I deal with the elements, it's like, uh-oh, like so, something, something's off, right? I know Coach Hall's mindset is like, hey, the heat is, he is what's going to make Southern this tough. And whenever you come to the Rock, like, expect to get your face smashed, bro, right? And that's the mentality he wants to instill in our guys. Now, an indoor be lovely if it rains or it's thundering, uh, thunder and lightning. Sure. We got to get, get practice in, but. I don't think he's ever going to be one of those guys where if we have one, oh, it's hot outside, we'll go practice in the end. They're like, nah, we're going we're gonna to get it in outside and <laughs> we'll figure it out. I think if it rained right now, y'all would have the best practice ever. Oh, we, we, we might. <laughs> we, we, actually, we actually might. <laughs> I might put on a helmet too if that happens. Yeah. The field might lay be down in my front yard. The rain just, so fast. Yeah. Yes. Snow angel <laughs> it up right there in the middle of the grass. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about, uh, you know, <clears throat> plays and kind of plays on schedule, plays on off schedule. How how often do you guys practice breakdowns and and, and do they make you nervous or excited when they kind of happen? Uh, uh, to be honest with you, so we actually script a scramble drill in every single like period on purpose. Right. Just so like, hey, when when things hit the fan, like nobody just freaks out. Like we stay calm because we've been trained to do this, you know. Like uh, a lot of times people say that you're not you, like players don't do what their coach to do. They do what they're trained to do. Right. So you can coach them on how to do a scramble drill. But if you don't train it and make it second, second nature, they'll never know what to do. So uh, we work we work on that. We always talk about worst possible case scenarios. Hey, he's number one. But hey, if this happened, here's two. If this happened. Here's three. If this happened. Oh, well, find a way. Go get it. You know, but uh, you got you got to train you guys to to not freak out whenever things go bad because if they do, then it's hard to get those guys to bring them back, right? I mean, unless we got a lead back there, quarterback, then we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then it's, then it's never going to break down. Uh, things still break down, man. They still break down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, talk about that, Lee. I mean, I remember watching Lee, and, I mean, I'm not saying that you're like a, a scrambler like Michael Vick or something, but I remember you being in the pocket, stepping up into the pocket, um, Talk a little bit about about the nuances of that. Like, um, just you know, I'm not a football guy, but I see you know you kind of just get out of the way of the defender this way, and then your eyes are always downfield. Like, take me through something like that. Maybe maybe a specific player, maybe not uh, from when you're playing. But h- how do you deal with that? You know, again, I think it just it part of it is what you did at practice. I mean, we practiced it as well. I mean, we would. You know, Coach Keck, I can vividly remember him standing in front of us. We would take our five-step drop, and he would either point one finger back, and you had to take a half a step back, or he'd point two fingers to your right, and you'd have to shuffle two to your right. You know, and all that is kind of training yourself so when the rush is coming, you know how to avoid the rush, and it's not running out of that pocket. So that's why we worked on, you know, small little steps, you know, two steps up or two steps right or two steps left. 
again, staying in that pocket. Cause that's what your, your linemen are taught, right. To kind of form that pocket. And yet you said it best. I was not a scrambler, you know, so I'd love to be able to stay in that pocket to find a window and, and to deliver a strike. Um, but again, it just, it, it comes with awareness as well. Um, you know, these days quarterbacks aren't live during practice as much. And so you've got to be able to get somewhat of a live atmosphere to them, even when they're not live. I mean, I was fortunate, you know, we did have a spring or two when, when we were live. I mean, when we were trying to figure things out at the quarterback position and, you know, when things are live, you can figure it out a little quicker as far as just the awareness. You've got to be able to keep your eyes down the field. You've got to be able to keep your feet moving. You've got to keep both hands on the ball at all times. Uh, but but mainly it just it comes down to, you know, route running and knowing your receivers and knowing where they're going to cut, when they're going to cut. Um, it's just, man, it's just come down to a lot of repetition as well. Love that. Um, <clears throat> Jordy, when did you what, what was kind of the moment that you knew that you kind of wanted to be like coaching was something that you wanted to do? And Lee, after he answers, uh, did you ever kind of get that itch to to coach uh for me it probably happened uh probably my last year playing um matter of fact I actually kind of told the story to the guys uh I actually had no intentions on being a coach uh going into before my my last year playing I actually want I was actually had it all set up I was going to work for North Northwestern Mutual I was going to do insurance it was done deal uh and after so I actually had two senior nights because remember I walked on at Tulane uh Coach Johnson called me back and was like, hey, we didn't sign a quarterback in this class coming up, and you do a really good job mentoring the quarterbacks. Uh, and if something happened, we want you to be the number three guy. So we want to put you on scholarship. So when that happened, I was like, oh, I'm going back. So then my joke, my I fell into a mentorship role and having to get these younger guys ready. And by doing that, I kind of fell in love with it. Like I was the guy that kind of organized seven on sevens in the summer. I was the guy that like organized like things people getting together like I would go sit up there and watch film and make notes and I, I have my whole note sheet and I give it to the starting quarterback like that's and I kind of fell in that role because I like man I'm kind of feel like I am coaching and then from that moment and then whenever I had an opportunity to GA for coach Fritz then it was like I, I just kind of I couldn't get away from it you know just be able to right. impact these, these young men and help them make decisions that's going to impact their life and then obviously get to stay around the game as much as possible. You know, I was only fortunate enough to start two good games in college, but those two games I played, I enjoyed it so, so much, you know, so it's still still being around on game day. It still gives me that itch. Like I'm still going out there and minus me actually getting hit. You know, as far as, as far as for me, you know, I've always kind of had that, that coaching thought in the back of my mind. I just never like put that right foot in front of the left to go do it. Um, you know, partly was, I just, I, I knew what that coaching life was, man. And coach, coach Jordy, man. I mean, all you guys, y'all, y'all work hard and I'm not afraid to work hard, but I just, I know the commitment that it takes not only during the season, but the off season and recruiting, man, it's, it's a job that not just anybody can do. And, uh, you know, so I, I respect the coaching profession. Um, I, and I say all that to say this, I had the opportunity to coach my kids a little bit when they were young playing playing football or, or baseball or basketball, but I always knew that I had to figure out a way to stay around the game. Uh, when I, when I finished playing college football, I actually was approached by an official to try to get into officiating. And at the time I just kind of, I kind of pushed it aside and didn't really think anything about it. You know, I kind of wish maybe now I would have done that to kind of get me back in the game. But uh, I tell you, when I was asked to come on to the radio crew for Southern Miss, man, mm-hmm. that, that gave me that opportunity to get back in it. And I didn't realize how bad I missed football at that point. I mean, it wasn't that I, I missed waking up on Sunday mornings hurting, but I just, I missed being part of that game. And, you know, and so I've had the opportunity now to work with, you know, several head coaches. And even though I'm not a part of the Southern Miss team, every coach has made me feel like I've been, I'm a part of this team. I mean, welcoming me, whether it be to a, a team meal on a Friday night or, you know, just catching them in the, the hallway of the hotel on game day. And, you know, it's just, it's just really cool. I mean, you just get a chance to sit down with these guys and, you know, they become personal friends and they really, they're able to confide in you and uh, tell you things that, that maybe the, the local media may not know. Um, but again, just uh, it, it, it's been great. So kind of, I kind of went all the way around the world about. No, that's coaching, a great answer. But, 
it, it is uh, it, it is a very very tough profession, and I just I just never put my right foot in front of my left to to go do it. Um, but I do I do respect the coaching profession at, at uh, the highest regards. Well, and to piggyback off what Patrick asked there to you, Lee. First of all, I think you missed your calling. Not as a coach, I'm talking about as like, because when I look at Lee Roberts, man, number one, I feel like you can do so many things. I feel like Lee Roberts can be like teaching me something. I feel like Lee Roberts could be like the CIA dude, like a Jack Ryan type of guy, you know, out there just like in a suit, just capping dudes. Um, I, I, you know, and, and obviously coaching would have been big, but, but then you mentioned, you know, being alongside John Cox. I mean, we'll be, we'll get back to the football season in a minute, but, but, I mean, talk about that. He's been calling games at Southern Miss for 47 years. And the reason I know that is because I'm 47 years old. So my entire lifetime, <laughs> he's been calling Southern Miss games. So, I mean, what's it like sitting sitting next to a legend and um, and, and just, you know, to, to, I mean, are you nervous? Like, is there a different kind of nerve from like being in the huddle versus versus being on the set? I mean, how does that all go down? I tell you the part that I get most nervous is when we arrive at the stadium and we start to set up for the broadcast. I'm more nervous about being in his way because he'd rather you just get out of his way and let him just do it, you know? Um, no, nah, but it's, it, it really, it really, it really is. I mean, people ask, you know, how did you, how did you and John prepare, you know, for a game when y'all had your first against, and it was Southern Miss against Mississippi state in 2015. And, and we really didn't, man. We never, we never practiced. We never sat down. We just, you know, he knew the game, I knew the game, and, you know, we just kind of were able to feed off of each other. But, yeah, talk talk about a legend, just what he does on air, but also what he does off air. I mean, he, he is his own engineer as well, and people just don't – they don't realize that. I, You know, we go to different stadiums, and, you know, visiting teams come to us, and I always see somebody setting up somebody else's equipment, you know. But for us, it's John Cox setting up his own equipment mm-hmm. every single game. Yep. And, uh, man, just talk, talk about a guy that just, man, loves Southern Miss. He loves his job. He loves his profession. And, uh, man, he's given more to this university than, than anybody that I can, I can think of. And, and he's just done a phenomenal job, not only with football, but as well as basketball and, and baseball. Yep. I think one of my favorite moments of getting to travel with, with athletics was, was John and it, how the closer it got to game time, the more fidgety he kind of got because he he had to get to that stadium like four hours before kick. You guys were always light years ahead of the team and everybody else on the buses. Uh, he had to get there. He had to see that room. He had to get all of his stuff together. And and you guys are the last ones back on the bus. Everybody else is showered and back and ready to go. And, and you guys are the last ones on. We're trying to hit a plane to go back. And I remember those times and those trips. And, and uh, man, that, you nailed it with that. It, he uh, professional through and through for sure. I'm just saying. Yeah, and if he hey, tells hey, us. Yeah. Hey, I'm just, I mean, you can finish this minute, but I'm just saying like, Hey, you know, like if you run for something, uh, I'll vote for you. So politics, right? Okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Maybe a politician down the road. Maybe it's uh, maybe that's in my future. Now what I was going to say, you know, it's, it's funny. We're sitting around the hotel on Saturdays or whatever. And, you know, we'll always ask John, Hey, what time do you want to leave? And you know, if it's a seven o'clock game or whatever, he may say 11 o'clock. And so I kind of looked at Bo Morgan and Bo's like, that means 1030. But by 10 o'clock, we're ready. We have to be ready because we know John down there with his bags, ready to be loaded into the vehicle, you know, an hour before he told us the time we were going to leave. So that's just, uh, he's a perfectionist. And that's why he does what he does so well, because, you know, he does, he likes things to go extremely smooth. And, you know, he he doesn't wait to the last minute on anything. So what what a great man and what a great job that he does. Yep. Coach uh, Jordy, we have a couple of kind of quick hitters here. I'm just going to kind of fire off a couple questions right. and get your kind of quick first kind of gut reactions. Yeah, so, talking about this quarterback room. Yep. Right. That's that's what we're going to focus on. Funniest funniest guy in the room. Oh, uh, that's a hard question because each one of them has their own sense of humor. Like Jake Lane has his dark humor. <laughs> Austin, Austin Gonzalez is like smart funny. Very, very smart. Some of our guys has 36 ACT. Yeah. Holman is probably like the most naturally funny person. Yeah, I'll probably give it to Holman. I like it. Uh, most likely to become an Olympian. Oh, uh, probably Ethan Crawford because he's the most athletically gifted. 
uh best chess player if you if that's even a thing yeah and the guy you're taking to win a spelling bee probably the same yeah austin gonzalez definitely <laughs> uh yeah definitely <laughs> guys, Not, guys i'm telling you like he's somebody that like didn't early enroll got here in june and by the end of june knew the whole offense just like that and, and and like asking questions about how we block things up in a running game, like not not even things that we've talked about, like just that's that's the type of person he is. Like he is a brainiac. And last one, uh, best tackler. Ooh, Ooh. Mm, probably whoever, whoever, whoever you decide right here is going to be bragging their ass off. <laughs> Like it's, it's, hey, <laughs> hey, it's 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 probably home because he's the one that always talks about coach. If I get somebody one on one, that's the I'm running over. Like this is probably, so, so he, he's probably the most defensive minded guy in the room, most likely. Nice. Awesome. Lead you ever tackle anybody? Uh, you, you know, there I threw a few interceptions in my time, so I had to try to you know <laughs> knock somebody down once or twice. So that dive at the shoestring. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I asked on uh, on Twitter this afternoon because we finally got full confirmation you guys are coming on. Uh, if anybody had any questions for him, we had a couple good ones. So I am going to ask both of these questions. Um, and let's see here. Where did they go? Pila, where did I put those questions? Okay, here they are. Yeah, scroll down a little bit. So, questions uh, from Twitter. Um, This is from Et B. Hubbard. Uh, What pro quarterbacks do each quarterback compare to? Oh, all right. Wow. Wow, that's tough. (laughs) That is a a tough one. Mm, That's a tough one. All right. Well, Crawford's kind of a shorter guy. Uh, I guess, you know, um, and Holman's like that gunslinger looking kind of guy just from you know like the yeah like so Holman's favorite favorite like quarterback is Aaron Rodgers and that's just kind of how he walks around and kind of how he moves and drops in the pocket he actually has a lot of like Brett Favre like tendencies with him as far as like just how he approaches the game a little bit so he's probably more like a gunslinger Billy's more of a technician so probably I don't want to say Kirk Cousins because I think he's more mobile than Kirk, but like kind of something some, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would probably compare Ethan to more of a kind of like a Tyrod Taylor-ish, if that makes sense. Uh, mm, Those that, are all I, good ones. Yeah. I'm I trying think to our think. QB rooms in pretty good shape if we can do all yeah. that. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So pretty uh, good comparisons. <laughs> yeah, but I say I, I I don't have one for Kyle and Jake yet. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think because I always mess with Jake because it, it just it's hard sometimes when I see Jake in 24 to compare him to a quarterback. Sometimes I just like yeah. to mess with him about that. Jake's my dude, man. <laughs> Love that guy. Well, he's oh, he, well, he he's he's made himself as you know the the most famous holder in the world too. Yeah, you know? he, he, the, the, he the guy is just loved by everybody. I mean, he he brings the dynamic to the quarterback room, but yet he brings the dynamic to the specialist as well. Oh, oh yes, he 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 definitely. I think he was one of the, one of the candidates for MVP last year because he was awesome at holding. Like no matter where it was at, like he was able to get it down. And and to be honest with Jake's probably a coaching and waiting. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in the meeting room, he runs the computer for me. He sets everything up. He assists uh Carter Hankins and Jack Walker and Ben Thomas with the breakdowns. Like he has already started I the kid life already. Like so. He's been awesome to have around. And again, like I said, he also has a lot of dark humor too. So he's 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 a great asset. Um, question number two from from Twitter comes from at Cloverleaf Mall, which might be the best follow on Twitter. Um, he says Jalen Hurts has stated, "I had a purpose before everybody had an opinion. It's not about anybody else." Meaning, he's his own self critic. That far outweighs anyone's opinion. How do our quarterbacks manage a social media world where everybody has an opinion on every play, good or bad? I'll tell you this is that I don't think our guys really are big, huge social media guys. Like, uh, like for example, like 
Billy is way more worried about him always doing right, if that makes sense. So he doesn't look for the criticism of somebody else that he would never take advice from. That's 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 one that's one of that's one of the things that we gotta live by. You don't take criticism from somebody you never ask for advice. Uh, Holman is is like through and through a Mississippi boy. Like if he ain't doing football, he's worried about hunting. So like he doesn't worry about uh, social media at all. Ethan, Ethan, like Ethan probably might be the one that may be on social the most, but like he cares about most about him trying to be the best he can be. And also his opinion of not let his parents down, you know, uh, Jake, obviously, because he can't play for social media, uh, holder of the year. He's a social media guy. So he does care about stuff like that, you know, <laughs> but, but to be honest with you and, and as the whole room, like I, I've been actually surprised because rarely do you find a lot of guys that care about, you know, saying doing things right and not necessarily like whatever, like what the media wants or what the whole community wants. Cause like ultimately the goals of being a, of like doing your job as a quarterback ultimately aligns with the community, right? If we go out there and win games, then we ain't got to worry about nothing. But now we're going to losing games because we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Like you're not following what Coach Hall's asking you to do. So, see, so yeah, I mean, that, that's the best way I could put that. Well, I'll tell you this I'm sure glad the social media wasn't around when I was in college, for sure. <laughs> You know, or cell phones, right? Yes. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So so it so what changed, about it has changed the world for sure. Yes, it mm-hmm. has. Um so, so what about this this scrimmage on Saturday? And we'll get you guys out of here after this. And we've taken up enough of your time, but but what about that scrimmage on Saturday? Like what stood out to you? Um to me, the defensive backs look better than I thought they were gonna be. Um all the quarterbacks look poised. We didn't see a whole lot out of gore. Mm-hmm. But that was to be expected, right? right. Um, Rambo was everywhere. Um, he thought he looked mm-hmm. really good all over the field. Um, my boy Jake threw like a 70-yard bomb down the sidelines of the bottle rocket. He did. Um, so, uh, Lee, you, I'm, you were there. I saw you. Yeah, yeah I saw you there. Um, Jordy, you first. Um, it, like, is We've talked about the quarterbacks a lot here. and I know you're not going to give us a name, but I mean, if we had to play tomorrow, um, are we in pretty good shape there? Yeah, we are. Uh, it's actually funny because both actually the quarterbacks actually got actually graded out the same uh, after the scrimmage. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's not me like doing a little CYA. That's like actually like legitly. So uh, they actually graded out the same, same, same amount of number of big plays that they made as far as like balls pushing it down the field, uh, decision making and everything. Uh, for, for the offense, it was a tale of we started hot and our first four drives, we scored touchdowns on three of them. And then after that, we kind of fizzled out a little bit. And defense, and by saying Coach Dan O'Brien did a good job, he started making adjustments to what we were doing. And then we didn't figure it out until the end of the scrimmage whenever we started, like, moving the ball at the end and between third downs and a, a two-minute drive. So it was – I mean, obviously, from a from a Southern Miss standpoint, mm-hmm. it's good to see a lot of back and forth, right? Because if you see one one side being one side, then you're like, oh like either a the offense better score a whole lot of points, a the defense better put the pitch and shutout, right? It was a lot of it was a lot of parity that went back and forth, which as a head coach, Coach Hall was pleased to see, right? Now, selfishly as the quarterback coach, I want to score every single drive, right? <laughs> you know, but uh, it it was good to see man our guys get out there. I mean, uh, Frank played. Matter of fact, in in, in the the first uh in, in the first four drives, as a matter of fact, that's two drives we scored on. So like uh, I mean, it was just it 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 was good to see. Lee, what about you? What did you what did you observe from the sidelines? You know, I loved and, and again the the tempo at the beginning of the of the the scrimmage, and you know, I guess that was part of the offense just really getting a rhythm. And you know, great job by you know all the quarterbacks being able to go in there and just kind of picking up rhythm and moving the team down the down the field, making making big plays. I feel like the offensive line. I mean, we've got more depth at the offensive line than you can really shake a stick at. I mean, there's coach, you may can uh, allude to some some better numbers, but I'm going to say there's between 12 and 15 different guys that have potential playing this year for us on the offensive line, and it just it just speaks volumes of what we had two years ago to now. Mm-hmm. Again, guys that you know are in really good shape, big bodies that can move, they can open holes for our running backs, they can protect our quarterbacks. Um, you know, then defensively, I, I felt like you know they did they they started making those adjustments, man, and you know kind of to, not to say the same thing, and coach. Joseph just said, but you don't want a team that's going to be all offense in the scrimmage or all defense in the scrimmage. Then you'd be worried about the other side of the ball. And uh, right. so I felt like it was a really good back and forth scrimmage. And 
you know, I know those guys are ready to face it up besides, you know, their own teammates and own friends. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, so as they start preparing for, for Alcorn here um, tomorrow, it'll be, be really, really good to see them kind of line up and start to go against somebody other than the other schemes. Because, yeah, cause they, they, they know what's going on. You know, when the offense lines up, defense knows. When defense lines up, the offense knows. But, uh, but I thought it was really good. I thought there were some great things done in, in the kicking game as well. Uh, but, man, we, we've got talent. You know, you mentioned, you know, uh, the youngster, J.Q. Gray, man, just mm-hmm. you caught him the bottle rocket. I mean, a, a little guy that <laughs> has got some got some motors. You know, I just I love seeing Brandon Hayes out there. I know he was a guy that mm-hmm. uh, felt like it was going to be a big part last year early and then got hurt. You know, he's healthy. I think he's a guy that's got potential, you know, the sky's the limit with that guy. And it seems like his attitude has been really, really good and very positive. And, you know, and then Frank, I mean, just. A couple series, but then he's on the sideline cutting it up, being you know supporting his teammates, just just having a good time. I tell you, if you can't if you can't love that kid, you can't love anybody, man. Frank Gore, I'm so right. glad he's on our team. Yes, sure. So, and I I know that this is the other talk. I'm sure you get uh, who's going to be the quarterback the most, Jordy. And and the other question is. Is you know your thoughts are are um, I mean obviously we all know and, and I know Coach Hall has said like uh, the toughness and the challenging schedule that you guys have ahead of you but kind of talk about kind of what's on the the slate this season for Southern Miss I mean you you want to play the best guys uh, you know and but um, you know, coming off a, a you know a, a year last year and you're you know you go to a ball game and, and you have all this momentum and we have more depth and and looking ahead I know you just kind of like we've said you just kind of want to hit somebody else at this point right uh, um, but kind of talk about that schedule that's ahead of you guys well I mean it's a childish schedule you know uh one thing coach all says like hey guys you want to be the best you got to try to play the best so we can't run from competition ever right so we look forward to the challenge. Uh, obviously, Alcorn start off, but we look forward to challenges of playing uh, Florida State and Mississippi State and, and also playing Tulane again, right, who just played in the Cotton Bowl, right? So uh, we're just anxious to kind of get out there and see where we match up. You know, we always talk about how every single time we go out there, we want to play a brand of Southern Miss football that, like, we can be proud of, but also this community can be proud of, right? And I really feel like the way Coach Hall has prepared this team that we're prepared to go out there and compete every single time, right? We, like Coach Hall made the statement the other day, it's like, hey, there were some times we went into some games where, hey, it was an uphill battle. But like now, with the depth that we have, with the experience they have coming back, with what we got coming now at the QB position, there shouldn't be a, a single game that we shouldn't have a chance to be in, right? So it's like now, it's like, hey, people got to start worrying about us now, right? It's not just, oh, Southern Miss is on the schedule. No, they got to start worrying about mm-hmm. us right now. So, uh, Looking forward to it, man. Like just looking forward to the challenge going out. Like I'm, like I said, I'm just ready. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really here to host the whole, uh, the whole stand state to the top. Like I'm, I'm just looking forward to that. Yeah, you know? baby. A lot it's of that, which means it's a lot of, of those, first downs. Yeah, it's one yeah. of those, uh, one of those old Lee Roberts type schedules, huh? Except for we have six <laughs> home games. Back when Lee was right. here, yeah. I want to say if it was four. Four was kind of <laughs> yeah, four, maybe, maybe five. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and we we win eight games and not go bowling. Sometimes, right? right. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey guys, thank you so much. Uh, I got, I got to ask this. Um, so, in a pinch, if you had any eligibility left, go out there and get us a W. Oh, Lee, he's talking to you. Yeah, he's talking to you. He ain't talking to me. Man, I'm so far removed from the game. I don't know how many, how many uh, plays I would, uh, I would be able to play, but. Uh, man, I would, I do, I, I do miss the game and, you know, I would give anything to, to, to be back out there. And like I said, just what I'm getting to do with the radio, uh, affords me that opportunity to be around the game that I love and around the team that I love. And it's, uh, it's very, very special. It really is. Jordy, uh, specifically game number three, if we had to have you. Oh, I, I suit up by say, uh, <laughs> nah, that's it, it, it's a, it, it was, it was weird last year being on the other opposite sideline. Mm-hmm. But it because obviously, man, I, I got so much respect for Coach Fritz. I mean, he gave me my first job, you know, uh, and that place is near and dear and special to me. But uh, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm Southern Miss right now, you know, and and whatever it takes to win, that's what it is. So it, it that that game hits a little bit different. Like obviously, I want to go out there and win, you know. So I the the thing the running my running joke has been saying, hey, I'm undefeated in the battle of the bill. <laughs> 
That's right. Oh, that's so, true. Yeah, that's yeah I'm undefeated. True. I'm, I'm undefeated in the Battle of the Bell. So <laughs> I, I, I hope to I hope to stay undefeated in the Battle of the Bell. Awesome, well, Good. guys. I do too. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Um, I look forward to seeing uh, both of you. And um, two weeks, huh? It's almost here. I hope to, I hope I hope we get right. some rain between now and then. But man, I can't wait to get it get out there at what six o'clock on that Saturday night versus um, versus Alcorn. It's going to be awesome. Um, so yeah, you guys can go ahead and shut her down. Appreciate it. Patrick and I are going to kind of clean up the end of this thing. And so uh, appreciate it, fellas. Well, pre- yeah, we appreciate, hey, you, appreciate guys. you guys, man. Thanks for having yeah. us on. You got it. Bussy, yeah, thank you. Bussy, anytime. Bussy, I'll let it come on. But next time, I'm, I'm coming prepared like you with a drink in my hand. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Always. All right, see you cool. guys. I see y'all. All right, and there they go. Man, that was awesome. How cool was that? I think, Very cool. Speak, you know, we were talking about on schedule and off schedule earlier. I think as far as the time goes for the pod, we were like dead the hell on. Yeah, we're killing it. Yeah. It's new so, season, season 24, baby. So, and that wasn't the first time that you've um, hung out with, with Coach Joseph, huh? No, I, I mean, I haven't in, in really any extended period of time. He's been out of the roost. Yes, yes. Um, but again, like out there, you got a million people coming at you if you're a coach out there. And and I try not to pester anybody unless, you know, um, I specifically have a question. But, yeah, that was that was really enjoyable. Yeah, I think he invited us for some pestering right there. Yeah, he did. Yeah, we're going to pester away. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love um, Lee. I mean, Lee was, um, you know, obviously go to church with Lee and, and, and hold him in high regard. I mean, he uh, – he was on those trips. I think he was just getting started about the time I was well, probably still rolling. Um, so I, I can remember him being on some of those road trips back when I traveled with football. And so um, you kind of get close to those guys, just like you do with the roost and roost family. And, you know, you obviously are spending every weekend together and um, you get to spend a lot of time together. So love that guy and, and love what he does for Southern Miss. And I think he's in a, a perfect role for, um, he didn't sound like he wanted to be the next Jack Ryan or a politician, but I think he's, I think he's in a good spot right now, but I could totally see him as an NFL referee for sure. Yeah. Well, Hankins is doing that, right? Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Actually, it, be- it was funny. I don't know if you watched hard knocks, um, on max or HBA, whatever. No, it's called now. I've been keeping up with it for mainly Brownlee, uh, but it's been really entertaining this year with the jets. And uh, they had the first scrimmage. I think they went to scrimmage Carolina Panthers. So they kind of do a couple of practices together, uh, the ones on the ones and stuff like that. And then they end up playing that preseason game on the weekend, right? And I heard uh, the coach, one of the coaches uh, talked to like the head referee and the referee said, Hey, this is Martin's first season. You got to give him some grief. And I, they didn't cut to him, but I know that he was on that crew. Uh, And so that was pretty cool. I was kind of paying attention on that little detail. Um, But Brownlee had a, Brownlee had a really good uh, game this last game. So I'm, I'm interested to see this, this latest episode to see if he gets some, some time. We're starting to rack up former quarterbacks from other teams on the show. Yeah. That's Martin and that's Jordy. There's probably another one that I'm forgetting, but cool. It's true. Well, look, man, before we uh, got started, you gave everybody a little quick snapshot yeah. of what you have going on merchandise wise. And I've, I've taken a peek at some of these shirts. My mom's already hit me up. She's like, can I just send you a check? I'm like, it's not how it works, but you know, <laughs> um, so, so run everybody through that real quick if you yeah can. so if you go to the the site uh again i'm gonna plug that bonfire.com slash store slash to the top talk and it works excellent on mobile um and again you can get to any you can get to that link through our link tree on any of our social accounts but when you get to that page you'll kind of see our our store and it, it's super easy to kind of scroll through but everything's kind of in chronological order so the top nine shirts and, and they're in rows of three um we'll have all of those football shirts. So again, we, we have a, a new welcome to the rock. It's kind of a sketch of the rock. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, we have a couple yeah, of, no, no, that's, that's, that's really cool. And it's, it's, it's as if you did it with like a pencil. Right. right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a sketch. Like when you say sketch, I just wanted to kind of paint the picture. 
yeah, it's kind of a low res. Uh, I'm going to speak in designer talk here, and this is probably not going to mean anything to anybody, but you'll you'll know it when you see it. it. It does look like it's kind of been sketched out on a pencil, and it, but it is definitely our stadium. Uh, and we have lots of different colors. So make sure when you get there, you kind of click through because not only do we have shirts, there's hoodies, sweatshirts, mm-hmm. tank tops. There's a lot of long sleeve, short sleeve. We have lots of options. Most of them have between eight or nine styles of, so it's not just t-shirts. So if you're like, I don't need another t-shirt. Well, you know, eventually at some point it will get cold again. Uh, and we're all ready for it. Uh, and so it would be pretty sweet to have like the rock on like a sweatshirt. Or... I'm, not, I'm not sure it's ever going to get cold again. <laughs> well, Russ, prepare whenever it does happen, hopefully. <laughs> uh, and so outside of that one, we have two tailgating uh, chairs. So if you, it's pretty simple, minimal, but it has the top logo on there. I think it's pretty cool. It's kind of a play on a uh, shirt that I saw at the Masters this year uh, and loved it. Uh, uh, the next two are, and when I say two, we have one that's kind of a black on a lighter colored shirt, and we have one that's a gold on a darker colored shirt. So we're giving you options because I know some people don't like gold. Some people do like, um, like to wear black or like to wear grays or different things like that. So there's lots of different color shirts too. Uh, the next two we have are Thunderstruck. And so that's just something, you know, uh, to get the crowd going, then we kind of play that right as everything gets kicked off. And so, um, this that's a really cool shirt. The black one, that font's really fun. Yeah, that's our uh, that's our running out song, right? Right, and I love it. Uh, the next one, and again, last week, I know I, I, I mentioned this, I talked about uh, John Cox's shirt that he, we did for baseball season, and that shirt. Uh, was the rocks kicks delivers and I could mm-hmm. not think of it last week and then it hit me after we I was editing I was like oh man but yeah that's <laughs> the shirt I was talking about so we did a kind of a note to John Cox with that so for football we did double out left single out right and if you've listened to John Cox on radio you've heard that you've heard that phrase that's on the bingo card yes and um outside of that there's there's a golden eagle shirt out there that's kind of a play on um kind of a trendy shirt style right now and then we we kind of resurrected the Superback. So we have the Superback with our new logo on it. And we have a new Superback U shirt as well. That's yeah, it looks really tight. good. So uh, that kind of covers the nine. Again, go check it out. Um, I am working on getting a promo code out there. Uh, we'll tweet that out. Uh, but uh, if you get five or more shirts, it is free shipping. Uh, so if you have a couple of friends that are wanting to get some, you'll kind of get together, do an order and uh hmm. get some free Good shipping idea. so um probably have another probably i would say to like middle to end of this week probably pushing friday is probably going to be cutting it close we can't guarantee it um but anytime right now until probably the end of the week or maybe saturday you're probably good to have it for that first game very good now you've done you've not done yourself yet again um and that's that's all i got man uh we've gone over the ticket prices and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. I, you know what? I, uh, I will say now is the time I do this every year and I didn't get my list out, but just off the top of my head, look, get your tailgate stuff out. Look at it. I keep mine in a tote that's in the garage, right? Yeah. Get, but get it out. Um, you, you know, you, if you have your tents, if your tents have been, have been um, zipped up, Get those things out, air them out. Make sure it ain't got to be mold on or anything like that. You might need some new chairs. Okay, uh, you, I, we go through chairs. It seems like every single year, so yes. we, I probably need to go and get myself some new chairs. If you're going to be using tables of any sort, um, let's go ahead and scrub those bad boys down. Take a walk around campus. See if that spot you normally tailgate in is is still looking good. You know, um, and uh, and then put a, it, put a lighter in the box too. Ooh. Very always good. get their uh tongs and a lighter or two tongs, things from, a lighter, from the grilling side that a, we a, usually a, forget a bottle opener some yeah. somebody's gonna show up and be like you might got a bottle opener and then somebody always tries to put it on the table and right. bang it off you know then john smith comes walking around and just rips it off and i don't know how he does it but he <laughs> does it he's, he's incredible um but now yes so so take care of all of your of your tailgating stuff right now don't wake up the right. morning of and be like damn it where to put that fan Check it now. That's all I got, man. Let's get the shout outs and shut her down. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, you're going to let me go first on sh- yeah. shout outs. I'll go first. Not, just, yeah, you go first. Okay. Gonna, yeah. So, I, I uh, shout outs at the 
scrimmage on Saturday, I ran into, I actually saw two people wearing, um, wearing shirts. Yeah. Uh, to the awesome. top talk shirt. So the first one was a guy wearing a super back shirt. Uh, we were sitting in the end zone mm-hmm. and then we scooted over to like the 50 yard line on the visitor side and uh, just get a little bit better to look. And I've sat down right next to a guy wearing a shirt. His name was uh, Nate Williamson. Um, said he listens into the show every week. Uh, he had awesome. that super back shirt on. So that was, that was pretty cool. And then the people that we were with, uh, um, Rock, Chad, Farmer, uh, his son, Seth, Philly was there. Um, I sat with these guys at the fanfare and uh, big John Smith and, and, and Pelham, his yep. son, uh, that they, they came and sat with us as well. And we we're listening to coach hall, um, uh, talk about everything. And he's so good at all the talking. He's great. He can, he gets me motivated to want to do stuff every time. I just, I could listen to that guy, read the phone book and just be just psyched. You yeah. Know? Um, so I wanted to give a shout out to all of those guys. Uh, Trace Clopton got engaged to Kalen Smith. So congrats on that. And I think he just got a new job as well. So things are looking yeah. up for, for, for Trace starting his life out. And I just saw right before we went on that Reed Riles got engaged as well. So love is in the air. And that's all hey. my shout outs. Yeah, that's uh stellar. Um, I'm going to go with one. No, uh, I, I do have to give a shout out to, uh, to rock our good friend and, and Chad, they, they did give me a call and, and, and call me out on where were you, uh, from that. Um, it was uh, Chad's it was, birthday as well. Oh, was it really? So wow. he drove up from Pensacola, uh, to spend his birthday watching the golden Eagles and playing a little yeah. golf, played a little golf out at, out at the country club. So, yeah, I'm jealous of that. Um, but no, uh, uh, it's funny as as soon as I picked up the phone, Rock said, "Are you in the pool?" I said, "Well, yeah, it's 112 <laughs> degrees. I'm in the pool." Uh, and he's like, "You, you know." Uh, but that's pretty much what we did all weekend. Uh, I couldn't really motivate myself to do anything else. Uh, but I do want to give a shout out to um, to my wife Lisa and uh, Kylie uh, that they uh, had a stellar summer and getting these guys eligible. Uh, they do a lot on the academic side, and uh, it, it uh, doesn't go unnoticed. I know the the long hours that she puts in every single day and on the weekends um, to make sure these guys are going to classes and doing everything. So I just want to uh, give her a shout out because you know if it wasn't for them, uh, maybe your favorite players wouldn't be out there on Saturday, and then Coach Hall would have to answer that in the media. So um, they really bust their tails to make sure that these guys getting it done in the classroom too and and doing what they're supposed to do so they can uh, win football games and go to ball games and win championships so um there's a lot of a lot of stuff behind the scenes that happen uh so all those all those staff people that work hard uh we appreciate you um, absolutely yeah 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 well your life lisa is the absolute best um but I, I, hey look uh shout out to coach and to lee for coming on yeah right? absolutely how cool was that very um, cool. I was, I was very glad. I was very glad that we got him on. And it's, and it's, and it's, it's way less of us talking, which is always yeah. good too. It's always the best listens for some yeah. reason. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So anyway, um, everybody, thanks for listening in today, whatever day you might've listened and whichever platform you chose to listen in on. Remember you can follow me at bumper J Bailey and Patrick at P Lowry. You can follow us on all social at to the top talk and don't forget about the mailbag to the top talk at gmail.com. That's something I really want to get fired up again. So just go yep. ahead and get those voicemails ready. I'm glad you didn't do it all summer long because they, they wouldn't have got anywhere, but we're going to do more of that. I want to hear it. Your predictions. What do you think we're going to do? Think we're going to suck. Let me know. You think we're going to be awesome. Let us know to the top talk at gmail.com. Just record a little voice memo and shoot it on over. Yep. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Tell somebody to the top today. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi put you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, 
Here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done the fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs Florida State or Tennessee but I chose Southern Mississippi and right here at home is where I'll always be I could play for Alabama USC our Notre Dame You have lots Of things to offer But Southern Mississippi Put you all to shame I could play For North Carolina Ohio State RLSU You play a good Game of football But Southern Mississippi Is a whole lot better than you season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state call katie case bailey with dunbar real estate for all of your real estate needs katie case bailey realtor extraordinaire something to show something to list something to sell call today at 601-408-9980 